all apparently need deodorant in our desks for those days we forget or those days we got that one class where that one kid showed up and it's like, yeah, we need that shit. Teach your deodorant. While they're all talking state standards, we're sitting on a bar stool making fun of them. Classroom Brew Podcast. everybody welcome to another episode of the podcast uh, if you haven't already you can subscribe on patreon that's patreon.com slash classroom brew we also have our our social media that's at classroom brew on instagram and there is a twitter we we don't really use it there's also i forgot about this somebody reminded me that there is a linkedin for the uh for the podcast overheard an adult uh professional adult teacher that said linkedin instead of LinkedIn. So that was kind of scary. Uh, for this one, I, I got to grab it. I forgot. I started recording and I left my drink, but it's these like Bacardi pre-mixed mojito cans. It's like, that's right up my alley. I'm gonna go grab it real quick. All right, for you guys, that was like two seconds. But for me, I'm super sore and I'm super tired because teaching within the first month of school is, is a real pain in the ass and my feet are killing me. Um, <laughs> not that anything's new. I feel like we're just perpetually in a state of, of our feet hurting. But um, yeah, we, we, at this point, uh, by the time the episode comes out, it'll be the fourth week of school, like the complete, the complete fourth. I'm, I'm having strokes, okay? I, I have sophomores. They're making me have strokes. <laughs> I'm having dreams about teaching. I'm just, I don't get to rest. I'm doing six days a week. I'm doing the 14-hour days again because, you know, I'm going back to doing the gym in the morning. It's not a good time. Um, but having a stroke anyway, um, I don't even know what I was talking about at this point, but, um, uh, the, uh, the honeymoon phase, it's, you know, when you get to this point, that's what it was. I remembered it. We got there eventually. It's fine. We're, we're just thriving as teachers. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the, the honeymoon phase for, for kids, I feel like the first week or two, you know, you got a lot of kids that seem like they're going to stay on task and not be a dick and, and shit like that but uh you find out relatively quickly i remember last school year there was a transfer student that came in like toward the end of the year like i think fourth quarter and just like a nice day one thing to do just like a syllabus scavenger hunt feels weird giving it to him when it's like hey you got like two months left of school but here you go and uh the, on the back side there's always goal setting and at my school and this may not be true for your school that's fine but at my school, if a student says something about uh, get all my work turned in, like they make that their goal, they are never going to turn shit in. <laughs> Not that that's the most important thing in life, but like we're talking like we have to do a minimum of 45% in two of our categories for doing nothing or not seeing it all, seeing the assignment at all, that is. <laughs> for some kids, that's what that holds them up entirely. I think that would mean if you did about a little less than half of the work throughout the semester, you could pass with like a D, like a low D. Um, and you'd be fine. 
So I guess that pep talk from last week isn't too far off, but you know what? Just fuck it. Wait, wait until, wait until you feel like asking how to fix your grade, even though it's probably too late and it should be too late. And at most schools, it is too late. But for some reason, the ones for <laughs> myself and, and even, even a lot of listeners, you might have this too. Uh, we are, we are somehow forced to, to rescue their grade. And when I say rescue, I, it'd be like, Rescuing a paralyzed corpse. A paralyzed corpse? That seems a little redundant. Uh, just rescuing a corpse. <laughs> rescuing someone that is unable to move because that's about the, um, the level of effort and movement we will get <laughs> from a particular student when it's time for admin to say, like, well, can, is there anything we can do? And you go, yeah, we, there was. There was at one point anything that we could do. Anything that we tried to do was done by me, not, not them. Didn't get my emails? Cool. Uh, tried to loop you in, but now here you are with 48 hours to go for the <laughs> marking period. And you know what? It, it is what it is. Am I, am I drawing too much on past experience? Am I a little bit too jaded? Yeah, probably. Um, but I will say this is, this is a good year to, to start out. I, you know, I, no major complaints. I, I think I'm in year six. It's crazy how even without like going back and like spending time to prep on stuff, it's crazy how you just think of different ways to phrase shit or different ways to improve it. Um, even something that you might change like in year two, three, four, and five, you get to year six and you're like, you know what? I have an even better way I could do that, which is kind of cool. It's like a interesting way to keep it fresh where like you almost wonder if students that you used to have came back, would they be pissed or they'd be relieved that they had you when they had you? I should ask some of them. For sure last year, they probably were like, oh, thank God I don't have him. What a fucking asshole. But they were the worst, so it is what it is. <clears throat> um, that's what happens every single year, is that uh, the kids that are the loudest and most outspoken uh, about the, the quote-unquote rigorous classes, they're not. Uh, not rigorous at all. But they're the ones that are the more outspoken ones. And then the kids the following year are always panicking, like, oh my God, you give so much work. And then they literally are just in the class uh, on a day-to-day basis. And they're like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then usually out of that number of kids, four or five will drop off. So like one day they're saying, oh, that's not that bad. And then like a week later, when they've missed like five days in a row, they're like, oh my God, we have so much work in here. (sighs) It's a whiny bunch. What can I say? Um, so yeah, the honeymoon phase, who knows what's going on? It's for sure the honeymoon phase of the building itself not being ready. That's, I'm over that shit. Uh, the sidewalk out front, we can't use that officially because the curbs aren't done because I guess they finally paid, I don't know if it was the city or the district or the school, to, to finally get that, that jagged-ass, ratchet-ass sidewalk fixed. But now we're we're basically a month into school and, and the kids aren't even using the front entrance. Like we have to use we have to use the back entrance where the gym is. It's like a three minute walk when normally it's like a 10 second walk. So an extra three minute walk because like all the classes are in the front of the building. The athletic side of the building is, is way far in the back. And it's that's the best they could do because that's where the metal detectors are. And it's 2022 and we gotta check for that shit because as you know, bad things happen. But like at the same time, they're also like just telling people like, don't walk on the main or the main uh, first floor hallway because they like re-leveled it because it was the bottom of a boat kind of shaped like a U. Like if you put a ball, like a 
a bouncy ball or something like that um, on one end of that floor, it would roll to the other side and then back down and then back down, kind of like going down a drain. Uh, not on like a shower drain, maybe it's a, a storm drain. And that's a lot what it feels like right now is, is we're just, you know, we're in that hallway just, just uh, tornadoing down the storm drain. Um, but like the shit on the first, like first floor has been ready. What are we doing? Like, what is this? Re- like, it's good to go. I know there's a big, like, to do, well to do with like the custodial staff for Aramark. They love waxing floors. They've waxed that shit like eight times in like a week or two. Like, are we giving the old landlord special? Like, we got to make sure we have like 19 coats of floor wax, just like, like the 19 coats over this outlet from 1962 in my apartment that I'm looking at right now. Is that what we're going for? Uh, because the floor has been ready and they're like, just stay off it. It's like, what do you, you can't protect this floor forever. Eventually we got to use it, guys. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, seriously, the shit's been ready for a long time. They wonder why there's a teacher shortage. It's shit like this, where it's like, we did our jobs to get ready. And we, you know, we took that week before when teachers start a week early. We took that shit seriously and we were doing what we had to do. And then the building isn't ready. You know? That and the fact, you know, teacher shortage, there's many things to it. Most of the time it is the adults. But the students that are like, well, why do we have like five permanent subs? out of our seven teachers. And it's like, some of you are real assholes. <laughs> you take pride in that shit. Like some of you are like, yeah, I really, I, I made that teacher quit. I made that teacher suicidal. And they're like bragging about it. Like this is not, this, is this something that you're going to put on your resume? Is this part of a, uh, your cover letter to the university of who knows what? I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what they, their, their goal is. Or, or at one point, I'm a little tangential. It's been a week. Uh, at one point, for my sophomores, this is like on Tuesday, and this is the day after Labor Day that this happens. So, a long weekend, which is nice, and it's it's week three that this is taking place, of course, because we start a little bit earlier this year. And at one point, I like literally just couldn't get a word in edgewise when I gave them like thirty five out of the fifty minutes to do the work, and I was just kind of doing check ins here and there, to the point where, where like when it ended, I was like, all right, I'm done, guys. I, I, I'm done for the day. I'll see you tomorrow. And some of them were just like, all right, cool, like, on to the next shit, what's next? Next sub we got or whatever's, whatever's next in the, last, the next class period? And to the point where, like, I even paused and I was like, do y'all think that's, okay? like, that's a good thing? How do you think today went? Is that a good sign when your teacher literally said, well, figuratively, rather, when your teacher figuratively said, fuck it today? Uh, do you think that's good? Do you feel good about that? And some of the kids that went over their head, and I get it, you know, they're not, you know, motivated for school and all, and that's fine. But I'm just saying, help me out. <laughs> My voice is still a little bit raspy from, from coaching. Uh, I'm exhausted. And just help me out. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this is not big news, but I, I'm pointing this out that I, I got a new desk for the first time in six years. Um, I had the same one since my like second day in the building. Um, and I was a little attached to it. It was this nice wood desk, but it, it finally gave way. And the new one, I, we moved it in there. Obviously, I did it with a fellow staff member. Uh, shout out to Kenny for helping me with that because um, they wouldn't have done it or it would have taken 18 weeks for them to get it done if I asked them to move it. But I, I kind of wish I had, the desk had broken earlier. I had switched because 
having a desk with like all the drawers are intact. I didn't realize like, cause I don't use that much space in there. I'm kind of a minimalist, but it's kind of nice. Like this desk has five drawers and three of them are the kind that you can put hanging files in. And granted, I only use the one, but like I got shit off of my desk for hanging files in because of it. Cause like I can put stuff in it. It's so much more sleek. It's so nice. It's clean. It has like walls that go down to the floor uh, as a desk. Uh, so that's been really nice. And I didn't realize how much that would like recharge my, uh, my enthusiasm with getting stuff done at the desk. So I don't know if it's at like the desk. It's stupid. It's a fucking piece of furniture. But the, the desk that I had, I don't know if it's like I would sit in it and I just have so many negative like emotions about sitting at that desk. Like maybe it's during a meeting or I've got to grade a bunch of shit that I don't want to. But I would just sit in that desk and just like, do something for this teacher. Six years. Just, it, it took the vibe down, you know? But now I'm like motivated to do shit at that desk because it's just a nice refresh. It's like almost the same dimensions, a little bit bigger too, which is nice. Um, but I didn't realize that that was a thing. I was a little bit off the first couple of days because like I don't have much in my desk at all, any of the desks I've had. But, um, not knowing exactly where shit is. Like the drawers on the right on my old desk are now kind of configured to this new desk on the left because that's set up different. It, it's a whole thing. I didn't realize it was that big a deal and it would impact me that much, which is weird. Why am I talking about desks so much? When I was like, like who gives a shit about changing the desk? Like my desk was like bowing in the center, you know, like bending a little bit. It was giving a little bit. And I was like, I'm just going to see how long it lasts. Um, I don't know why I did that. but. Uh, it wasn't that big a deal. How much time do you really spend at your desk as a teacher anyway? But this new desk, I'm like, all right, here we go. That lasted a while. I know, I'm sorry. Bear with me. There's so little, there's so few things to, to, take, to, take, to find joy in, to take pride in right now. Uh, if you get too macro level this year, it feels like that's when you start to go insane. So I will say this though. I, on Reddit, someone asked, because I think I follow the teacher Reddit and when I say that, I mean, I, I think I followed it on the podcast Reddit, and I check it once in a blue moon. Um, and it was something like, what's a must-have for you as a teacher? And it's funny that they asked this, because I literally just put like a, like a travel size stick of deodorant in my new desk. Uh, you might know that I have some deodorant in the fridge, because it's nice and refreshing in the morning after a shower. Um, and the number one answer, like the uh, upvotes, upvotes, that's what it's called. People vote it up or something. I don't read it. Cool. Uh, but they, the number one thing that got the most votes or the most popularity was get some deodorant in your desk. And I was like, we're a bunch of sweaty motherfuckers in here. We all apparently need deodorant in our desks for those days we forget or those days we got that one class where that one kid showed up and it's like, yeah, teacher deodorant. We need that shit. Um, yeah, I loved that. So, yeah, that was, I thought that was just funny. That was it for me. I, I used to have a go bag. Um, no joke. I had a go bag when I was interviewing. Uh, and it, literally, I, I think I've talked about it in the past. I mean, I've been doing this podcast for basically five plus years now, so I'm sure I have. But when I was interviewing, it was just like literally a, a pair of socks, underwear, uh, dress pants, the belt itself, uh, an undershirt, because you did that at the time rolled up and then the belt was like around it to keep it together and then I just always had like freshly pressed shirts in my car <laughs> just hanging 
Um, the blind spot on my passenger side was a little bit of a risk for a little bit there, but I made it to all my interviews alive with no issues. But uh, just had a go bag in case I needed to to change into interview clothes because, you know, I think I went on like a thousand interviews, something like that. Um, and I talked about my my really cringy demo lesson because just I'm a fucking kid at the time. I'm nervous. Um, 23-year-old kid, but it's all good. And uh, that was in like a previous episode. But truly, like going around with like a briefcase filled with resumes and cover letters that like, can kind of generically work or just knowing where all the the FedEx, Kinko's, Staples, Office Depot, print centers, all that shit, where those are located and in case you need to like revise something because I don't really own a, a printer because why would I? Um, that shit was real. Um, the, but yeah, like the go bag of clothes and then just having stuff at any given point to like be able to run up and go. I think I literally had one where I was leaving an, a job interview and I got a call for another one. They're like, can you show up today? And I was like, show up in fucking 45 minutes, depending on traffic. And sure enough, it's a good thing uh, that I had like extra resumes and shit, which is kind of daunting when you think about it. Because when you're doing the interview process and you're a hopeful prospective first year teacher and you, you don't have a lot of money because you just student taught for however many months and you have no income and there's student loans that you got to pay or maybe you got a car payment. And so when you go to that like print shop where you print it off or whatever, and you got limited funding and you make those resumes, you're like, do I get fries with my next meal or do I have this resume printed? And so, you know, when you give like a copy and then the person, just one person in your interview is like, do you have an extra copy? And you're like, here you go. Those are expensive. Uh, and now, of course, once you're employed, you're like, it's a piece of paper that you print off. But at the time, when you don't have those resources or that financial capital, th that shit was expensive. Like, we have go bags filled with clothes to jump into any interview at any point, And we have about a dozen resumes. Don't take them if you don't need them. <laughs> I say that as someone that's been on both sides of things. I've done the hiring process. I've obviously been interviewed for that hiring process. Don't just want, if you could print it for them or something. I don't know. Not me personally. I, I mean, it is, I would want to have it, but why are we doing this to teachers, prospective teachers? Uh, I know this is a weird hill to die on. I just know for me at that time, it was like, I was trying to scrape together, like selling books on like half.com to be able to pay for my, my, my car insurance uh, for that six month spam. That was brutal. So not just the go back, but just the financial strain, like, all right, do I have enough for gas to get there and back? <laughs> like, do I need to strategically like hang out with a buddy this week or something like that? That was stressful. That was the whole summer for me. Um, I think it took me until like late July, early August or something like that. Um, and then they, you know, of course, the district shuffles their feet to get shit taken care of to onboard you. But you know what? It, it is what it is. Um, I should mention, by the way, I was on. Um, I was on Podbean's podcast. Uh, if you guys remember, I did that. Uh, I can't think of words today. I did that that uh, advertisement read, that ad read for them. And we got voted in the, the top three. I guess we were tied for second. So we'll take that. And so part of it was that we were on their, their actual episode. So I met like John over at Podbean. There were a bunch of other people. Like Michael was on there as well. Uh, and we were just, you know, talking about the ad itself and, and podcasting stuff itself. And it was, it was cool. It was interesting to see someone else's process 
Uh, it's called Podcasting Smarter. And this is from Podbean. That's where I host this podcast. Um, but Podcasting Smarter. And uh, I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but it, you know, it'll, it'll be soon at some point. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it was, it was a fun episode. So for sure when that drops, I'll be sure to let you guys know so you can check it out. It really was a good time. Um, I think we had a, a fun time. I'm not sure how those episodes usually go, but I thought it was a really fun one. I enjoyed it at least, even though I was, you know, I was at work at the time on my lunch break, and I just uh, kind of made it work. So, and, and by the way, I should mention too, this is, this is my public service announcement for the episode before we wrap up here. And that is, um, the, <laughs> so before I recorded this, which is like, we're, it's in the late evening. And I know that's when people like to call like telemarketers and stuff, because they know you're home. I understand that. But if it's like a call for like some political <laughs> prospective politician running for political office and you're doing your phone calls at like, I don't know, 821 in, in the evening or so, and you're like, you want to talk about this person for state? And you're just like, hey, you know, it's not a good time right now. You might not know this, but I have a pot. No, um, no, I just I wanted to eat. I had just gotten home like not that long before and, you know, taking Marty out to go to the bathroom and stuff like that. And I knew I had to get this episode recorded. And just like, this is not a good time. Like, what a fucking asshole to call, to call that late. And I get that's their strategy. They're just doing their job. I'm not calling that person an asshole. But like, and I'll say this, I can't talk too much shit about people that are like trying to campaign over the phone and calling me at eight in the evening or whatever, eight at night. Why did I say eight in the evening? I don't know. But that shit's annoying. Don't call me. But like, what a fucking asshole to be like the person that's bugging someone in like the worst moment possible. So I myself, before I like got my first job in like the education world, I was a volunteer at the, the hospital on campus. And, and part of my job was uh, as a volunteer before I transferred into a different unit that wound up being like where I realized, oh, let's be a teacher. And it was with the, the concierge where it was just getting them information about like, where your family could stay or, or different services, things like the shit that it's like, I can't even remember what it was. How important could it have really been? And, and so just what a fucking asshole for me while someone's like in the ICU recovering and I'm just like, do you know about the hotel information around here? They don't care. Like, oh, hey, let me pause you for a second. Are you having a good recovery from that really rough life-saving surgery with a long road of recovery ahead of you? Cool. Do you want to listen to this fucking asshole talk at you for 45 minutes? No. Well, here's my spiel. Like, granted, not 45 minutes, but like, who wants some asshole in a white polo that says volunteer across the chest to say, you know what? Let me talk at you. And they're like, no, Ryan, you know what? I don't want to hear about the many different amenities around the area. I just had major heart surgery. I just had a major cardiac event. And now I'm in the ICU. We're just in this terrible car crash. I don't want to hear you talk about where the closest McDonald, Ronald McDonald house is. Fucked it up a talk. Uh, yeah, there's me and my polo bothering people on the burn unit who are just trying to, you know, survive, live their lives out, recover. And then here I am being like, would you like this pamphlet from the hospital? With <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Our, our restaurants and food courts are located on the third and fourth floor. Like, fuck off. So sorry about that injury to your legs. Did you know that we have a million staircases in this building that at the top of them each have a coffee? Do you want some coffee? No, no coffee. Can't have the caffeine. Okay. What an asshole. 
So I give shit to these political calls and things like that. But I was that asshole in the polo. Ugh, I'm sorry. If anyone, if anyone recognizes my face, I did not do that volunteer position very long. I switched. The, the lady that was like my volunteer mentor for, for the concierge, uh, she always called it concierge. Concierge? Who knows? Doesn't care. Me, doesn't care. Uh, she didn't give a fuck about that. For me, I was like, okay, they seem like they're doing something. They're in the middle of a procedure. Let me just make a little packet in this envelope and just leave it right here. She'd barge right in there and just be like, all right, we got this information. We're from the concierge. My name is, uh, my name is Beverly. And I got to talk to you about where, where the food court is so that you know some stuff. Do you need, a, do you need hotel information? No, you got a place to stay here. You got a place to stay here. Cool. Okay. Meanwhile, I'm just like, is this the best time, Beverly? She's like, yeah, just shut the fuck up, you fucking college kid. Been doing this for 67 years. And she's like, it's fine. Okay. I'll just, you know, be over here and just fuck myself for speaking up and trying to give this person a nice recovery. That's what it was like. Um, those were dark times. But then, <laughs> here's the beautiful part. Then I transferred out of concierge and I went to child and adolescent psychiatry where they had an inpatient slash outpatient uh, school. And that is where I got my first like exposure to the possibility of wanting to be a teacher. At the time, I think I was a chemistry major, uh, not quite sure what I would want to do with that at the time, and uh, volunteering and then being offered a, a part-time position, then a full-time position, uh, and then realizing, okay, I think teaching might be where I want to go. So then I went off to grad school after I got my, my undergraduate degree, and so I owe a lot to, to that volunteer position especially because the, at the time it was really hard to get a job. So technically my first job was unpaid as a volunteer in the concierge with Beverly, not really her name, but that was her name in my head, Beverly. She was a little bit inconsiderate, a little bit loud, and she didn't give a fuck. But it brought me, it brought me on the path to, to where I am now as a teacher. And now I can talk about desks and shit and floors not being ready. And the fact that sometimes my sophomores smell like the worst BO and vile stench of like old steak from 1842 that was somehow discovered, and it wasn't rotten to the core. That was a bit much, I get it. But you get the point of what I'm trying to say, is that it all works out. I just put a million-dollar ending on what was probably more like a $50 entree. Yeah, enjoy your dessert. So thank you guys so much for listening uh, to this one. Uh, you can also check out that TikTok. It's at Classroom Brew as well. All our social media is just at Classroom Brew. No one got it before us, so fuck off. But uh, thank you guys for supporting. Uh, if you want to be on the podcast, you can email me classroombrew at gmail.com. We will get back to you as soon as we can for that. I know i got a couple of people i got to listen to and uh, go through some emails. Sorry. Thank you, Matt, for sending those along. But if you are listening and you are about to be on the episode, or be on the episode, an episode, sorry, rushed it there. If you're going to be on an episode coming soon, I uh, can't wait to talk to you. It should be fun. And uh, yeah, if you also would like to be on, whether you got something to promote or you just want to talk about it or just vent about it, you can cry about it. But you want to have an episode where you just cry? We could do it. It's never been done. That would be a high quality audio experience. So, all right. Anyways, thanks guys for, for listening and all the support. And until next week, class dismissed.
This is Classroom Brew.